Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm very fired up for this week's episode on human design with Aaron Claire Jones. Human design is fascinating. I learned about it several years back, and at first I was like, I don't know about this. Is this like a, a woo-woo science, this and that? And the more I delved into it, I found out that human design is really a synthesis of ancient and modern sciences and really has proven to be a valuable tool for modern human understanding. And, you know, I don't think it's, you know, one should take it as, you know, hard, like, truth of who you are, but really as a guidepost or a roadmap to help you understand certain aspects of yourself that you may know already, but but, but it, it offers revelations into why you are certain ways or perhaps you're engineered with a particular orientation and also how to utilize that orientation to maximize your effectiveness in how you relate to both life and to others within it. So I had the opportunity to uh, attend a, a friend's backyard uh, presentation and a, a former dear friend of mine, Aaron Clare, basically uh, was talking about human design and I had done it before, but I was like, well, okay. You know, um, I'm interested, but, you know, I don't know if I'm like that into it. Long story short, I wound up doing a a blueprint with her and then a private reading and was super inspired by it. It it really helped me to understand um, how I can work with others in an optimal way. And so I thought, you know what, let's have Aaron on. Let's do a mind key because I think this could really benefit a lot of the listeners, a lot of you guys out there. So without... Uh, further ado, I want to introduce Erin Claire Jones. If you are interested, she has a free assessment tool, and she off also after uh, after the call offered me the opportunity to give you guys a discount if you want to do what I did, which is the uh, blueprint and the one on one. I have you know no vested interest except for seeing you guys get a lot of value out of this. And um, without further ado, it's my great pleasure to introduce Erin Claire Jones. All right. I'm here with my friend, Aaron Claire Jones. Aaron, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yes. So, okay. By way of context, Aaron and I have known each other for many years from uh, back when I lived in New York, and she's been a friend for quite a number of years. We we went to Israel together uh, on a trip, um, and she is uh, prolific in terms of her uh, human design. And basically, for those who don't know, Erin, can you give a, a quick context into what human design is? Yes, of course. So human design basically is a system that is based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And it, in essence, kind of gives us our energetic DNA. So it helps us understand how we're each designed to make decisions, communicate, cultivate opportunities, work within teams, all the things. And so it gives us kind of very tactical, grounded information in terms of how to kind of align with our highest potential. Um, and just for context, there are about 2 billion different configurations. So everybody's pretty unique. So there's a lot of information in it. But it's, um, yeah, but it's, it's such a powerful system and just bringing us home to who we are. I love that. I, I we we did a workshop, uh, a mini workshop uh, at our my friend Jocelyn's house, and it, listening to you talk about it was actually what inspired me. I mean, we'd always been friends, but I was like, mm-hmm. this is actually so helpful mm-hmm. uh, for for us to understand really not only who we are, but as you said, how we can most effectively relate to others. And that's when I was like, wow, I've got to have you on the show because I, I think. 
you know, people are familiar with other, you know, there's like Myers-Briggs, there's sort of personality tests that a lot of people I think do like horoscopes and have like Mm -hmm. a, a, a certain type of context into that. And I've obviously, I've, you know, I live in Los Angeles, so there's a whole variety of different, uh, you know, new new things. But but human design has came up on my radar s- several years back. And when I when I did my initial uh, human design, I was like, oh, this is fascinating. It helped me understand myself in a way that I hadn't previously understood myself. And then when you and I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to do uh, my blueprint with you, and and mm-hmm. actually to do a reading. And the insights were profound in terms of there's certain ways that I've operated or wanted to operate that I've never fully understood why that is. Like I just assumed it was like either just part of my DNA or maybe how I was conditioned growing up. But then when we did the human design, it was like it was like an aha moment in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of insight. So there, as I understand it, maybe just for the context for the audience. Yeah. Um, there's like four, and I, it's, I'm sure there's lots of variants as you described, but it's, there seems to be sort of four key, for lack of a better term, archetypes. And I thought five. we could start five yeah. key, thank you, five key archetypes. Yeah. I thought we could start by maybe breaking down what each of those archetypes are and how, yeah. how much of a percentage, I thought this was fascinating, how much mm-hmm. of a percentage of the population falls into each archetype and then sort of delve into a deeper conversation from there. Okay, let's do it. And and just one comment on what you were sharing is that I think, you know, often human design, like when I do sessions for people or through their blueprint, it's not about telling people stuff they don't know. It's yeah. like stuff that they do know, but haven't always had a language around. Yeah. And so I always like tell people, it's like not about changing who we are, it's just giving you permission to be who, who you've always been. So I think that like giving the language has been so helpful. So um, yeah, so let's start with the five types. So at the highest level, there are manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. And so, and a lot of people consider four because manifesting generators and generators are often kind of collapsed into one type. So manifesting generators and generators make up the majority of the population. This is about 70% total. So it's like 33, 37% um, or 35, 35, you know, who knows, but these, it's kind of like the majority, but the idea is that these are really the people that have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and make things happen. Most important thing in the world is that you're doing work that is deeply satisfying to you. These are the people that are designed to kind of wake up. One, they have the energy to do, but they're designed to kind of wake up in the morning with a, a full take of energy to use their energy in super satisfying ways and then kind of crash and wake up recharged. And like the more they're like using their energy in a way that feels good, the more they are lit up and have energy for things, but also the more they're really creating energy for the people around them. And so, so important for both of these types to really think about like, what are the areas in their life that are like the most naturally energizing and exciting? And what are the things that are kind of draining and depleting them? And how can they funnel more and more energy into the things that are exciting? Because they're going to get so much more energy because of it. The difference between the two is that manifesting generators tend to thrive when they have their energy in a lot of things at once. They're super nonlinear in their career. They're designed to kind of be very multi-passionate, do this and this and this. And they often are made to feel scattered or like they're doing too much, but they actually need that level of stimulation. And they can move very quickly, but in doing so, they can skip some steps along the way. And generators are more like, I'm going to master this process, and then when it's time, I'll pivot on to the next one. And so, and the strategy for both of them is really about allowing life to come to them. So rather than chasing after anything, it's basically trusting that like your gift is your magnetism. And so it's all meant to come to you and you're just tuning into your gut to know what you're available for and what you're not. That was a huge, that was a huge insight for me because for those listening, I'm actually a generator and I feel like I've often, uh, felt 
the, the, the power of that generation, you know, in the context of like getting an idea off the ground, like whether it be when we're building Global Citizen or even Peak Mind, it's like I know that when I'm aligned to something that feels like it's bigger than me and have a great team around me, um, I, I get into my generator mode. Like that definitely felt super accurate for me. Mm-hmm. But I, the distinction that you drew around actually being in the listening, as I would describe it, and yeah. trusting your gut. That is actually where it was hugely insightful because I also, for lack of a better term, have been called an ideas man. So I'll, I'll have a lot of like different contexts of ideas and knowing which one to pursue, and I think people could probably relate to this, is sometimes hard because my intellect sometimes will prioritize where my gut mm-hmm. will be like, ooh, actually it's a different direction. But it, it feels and sounds so good to my intellect that I've gone down, I don't want to say the wrong, quote unquote, but I've gone down yeah. paths that have cost me energetically, so to speak, um, and not just energetically, financially in all the ways, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And and it, oftentimes that's because I wasn't in alignment with that like enteric nervous system, that divine intelligence of the gut. Um, totally. So I think it's super, when you when you and I did my uh, reading and I, and you talked about how I need to be as a generator really stepping back and not like just jumping in like, yes, 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 yes. But more like stepping back and being like, okay, truly listening. Like what is, is this aligned? Is this something that my gut says hell yes to? That was like a big insight for me because I, I knew sort of intuitively that that was my optimal operating system, but I hadn't really received that paradigm as like, Oh, okay. That's actually the best way for you to move. Totally. And I just think there's so much conditioning around one, that we have to like go make things happen and initiate everything. But two, that we like have to make decisions from our mind. And like human design is not like dismissing the mind. The mind is obviously incredibly powerful, but like it's not always very reliable in terms of making decisions for ourselves. And so we can basically convince ourselves in and out of anything. And like we all have different ways of making decisions, but for you really connecting to that gut and be like, does this feel right? Like that's just going to help you know whether or not you have the energy for it. You know, your gut just like lets you know like what is right for you and what's not. And like you're your mind might be like, you should get into this. And then it's like, doesn't actually quite work out. Yeah, uh, totally. And and the other thing you had mentioned, which I, I, at t- I think we all at times take for granted is, you know, you don't have, you said something, uh, it was some, something like you don't have infinite energy. Um, and, mm-hmm. and therefore with your finite energy, um, it's, it's so much more optimal. The analogy I would use as I thought about it when you were talking was, you know, sort of planting seeds in the optimal soil or in the right garden, right? Instead of just like, if you have a limited number of seeds, just like scattering them around and like just spreading them wherever, you know, you see fit, actually being mindful of like, okay, this is my soil. This is the right soil for me. This is where I want to focus my energy. This is where I want to be, whether that be where I live or whether that be Mm -hmm. who I'm working with. And actually like very consciously because... You know, I, I know like Tim Ferriss talks about this in terms of like decision and decision fatigue and like, you know, they famously like Mark Zuckerberg, like those guys only wear the same clothes in part because they want to save their like decision making power for the key decisions. And it was like insightful for me. Like I have this perhaps erroneous belief that I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got infinite energy. You know, like I'll just it's OK if I start going down the wrong path. And I do think it is good to experiment. But mm-hmm. but it was cool to think about actually if you you can save yourself time and energy by first being in the listening, trusting yes. the gut, and then sowing those seeds where you know that those it's it's fertile soil based on your alignment. Totally. And I think like human design has really just taught me that like how we enter things is everything. Yeah. And so it's brought so much more consciousness to like, am I entering 
in this from a place that's really aligned with my true way of making decisions in human design, which for you is like your gut, but also not jumping in immediately, which we can talk about. And like, it's just, when we enter things correctly, it's so much easier for those experiences to go well, you know? And so like, and I've definitely been impulsive in the past and it hasn't been right for me. And just one quick note on the finite piece is that like generators and manifesting generators have this amazing vitality and life force and energy. But like I, like you said, it's totally finite. And so it's just by like committing to things that you don't quite enjoy and that you think you should be doing it, like pulls the energy from all the things that you're actually available for and actually feel really good to you. So just like having those very clear boundaries is one of the biggest lessons. Yeah. And one of the things I asked you when we, when I saw you, which I think could be helpful for those listening is, you know, there's, there's this other thing of, of sort of you and I both have done, for example, um, Emily Fletcher, I just had on the show's mm-hmm. um, Vedic meditation course. And she talks about this concept of following your charm, which to me is sort of like utilizing tools like meditation, Vedic meditation to get into that state of listening, if you will, and, and, and being more attuned to the gut. Um, but one of the questions I had, you know, because it's always like, oh, as I think about this, how does this apply in real life? You know, sometimes, for example, there's decisions which my gut is never going to be like a hell yes. So, for example, um, you know, I, I shared a tangible example of I got hit by a car and there's, yeah. you know, for the medical costs, there's like lawyers involved and my gut never wants to deal with that. Like my, mm-hmm. I, I'm never like, oh, yeah, that's a hell yes. Let me let me handle that. But one of the things I've realized is the longer I, for lack of a, t- a better term, avoid it or don't bring it to a close or like am not in in the listening with my gut as to how to appropriately reconcile that which isn't charming the more it consumes my energy and so what yeah so so i guess my there's there's a question here um which is for those people that are dealing with negative for lack of a better term negative or dark or challenging forces which is never really going to be charming to deal with how how can one and I don't know if human design has a, has a, a, a sort of a worldview on this, but yeah. how, because this is a deep inquiry for me, how do you choose to mitigate the energy expended in those endeavors so that you can maximize energy for positive or light oriented activities? Totally. So I think that like, you know, when I say that like manifesting generators and generators are going to be like so lit up by how they're using their energy every day, it doesn't mean they're going to be a hundred percent, you know, like we have responsibilities, we have people we have to take care of and things. So like, I guess I would just try to minimize it as much as possible. And like, to counterbalance it being like, okay, what are some like things that I can do today that feels so good? Like spending time with this friend, working on this project, going to yoga, whatever it is, like doing the things that actually lift up your energy in response. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause I work with so many people that like, they don't love their jobs, yeah. you know, and their jobs are super draining. And my recommendation is not like leave it tomorrow, you know, cause I know that's not always feasible, but it's more like, how can you create some space morning, evening, like weekends, just like doing things that feel really good with your energy. Because basically like the more you do it, that one, the more energy you'll have, but two, the more magnetic you become and actually attracting things to you. Mm. So I would just create to counterbalance as much space as possible to do things you really do enjoy. And like in the case of even the, um, your situation, like being like, okay, like it feels right to do something about this, but also like, how can I get the right support around me? So I have to like expend as little energy as possible, Mm. you know? So I'm not like in the details and dealing with it every day, but like, I know it's right. So let me just get the right support and make it happen. I love that. Yeah, I think that's one of the big li- li- lessons and, and listenings I've been having is really a f- around team and who are the people that I can attune with um, that would support me in both executing on my big visions as well as mitigating sort of, for lack of a better term, the, the, ch- the challenges that I have. 
um, which I'd like to actually approach later, but I want to, I asked, mm-hmm. you know, the first we'll go into the archetypes, but yeah. one of the things I would love to just sort of uh, put in the parking lot, so to speak for now, is this notion of uh, relating and how we can use uh, human design yes. for effective relating. Because one of the other profound insights I had was, wow, this, this is actually huge because I knowing myself to be a generator uh, it's probably optimal for me to think about as it, as it relates to relationships, either my romantic relationship and or like partnerships in business, thinking about the design orientation of other humans and how yes. we can most effectively have an alchemy, for lack of a better terms, uh, in terms of our relating. So, so to have um, sort of an optimal understanding and ideally uh, focusing on, on those beautiful executions of energy. So I, I'd love to, we can touch on that a little bit later. Okay. I've gone into yeah. the archetypes. I love that. Yes. I'll go into the projector now, but I will just say like, that's what got me into human design in the first place. It's like how to actually engineer teams based on human design. So like my work with teams is so freaking fun because you can just like, just make a team like fully functional by pulling the people, right people together, you know? And it's yes. just like, it's, very cool. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so let's talk about projectors. So projectors are about 20% of the population. And so projectors are really people that are really here to kind of be advisors and leaders and guides and teachers, you know, in contrast to the generators and manifesting generators, like they don't have that same consistent energy to like do and create and make things happen. Their gift is really not in how much they can do. It is really in just the way they see the world and like, um, some modality they bring to the table. So it's really kind of like not getting lost in the cycle, like doing, 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 um, projectors can be very sensitive to energy in general. So often their work is really in supporting and guiding people. So within the context of teams, these people often make really good managers um, on a more, if they're not inside teams, like coaches, therapists, healers, like working kind of one-on-one supporting in that way. Emily Fletcher, for example, is a projector, such a good example of a teacher in that way, (laughs) Um, you know, and so... So projectors, their strategy is all about waiting to be recognized and invited in. So yep. again, rather than initiating, it's basically waiting to kind of be fully seen for your gift and invited in to share them. Because if you're brought into something and expected to operate like a generator, you're probably not going to be very good at it. And it's going to burn you out like crazy. So making sure that you feel fully recognized in any kind of relationship or opportunity you engage in. And the last piece I'll share is that I'm also a projector. And I think that I was really nervous when I discovered this about myself because I was like, this feels so passive. Like I really don't want to sit on my couch and wait for things to come to me. But I learned that my work as a projector is about just making myself visible and available, basically sharing what I do in a very broad and authentic way and then letting the right people find me. And I, and I, I, this one really strikes me because I do know other folks who are projectors and it's antithetical, I think, to the cultural conditioning that, you know, especially in the entrepreneurship, like Brian Hustle, go out there, you know, context it, that that is that is spoken about societally. But, you know, I, I think it's so powerful to know that archetype. And I, I would say just also in the context of like when I sat with you, you know, it was interesting because I knew obviously we're friends. Uh, I knew you, what you were up to, but it wasn't until we sat, I sat and listened to like the context of, of really what you were up to that I was like, mm-hmm. I got it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that actually led me in, initially to be like, Oh, Aaron, I would love to actually have you on the show. I'd love to actually do this. I'd love to, you know, delve d- yes. deep into my blueprint. And that came from you positioning yourself in the right, in the, in the, in, in these rooms and then other people yes. being attracted to that. Cause I'm a generator. I was like, Oh yeah, let's go off and do that. And it was, it, it, but it was interesting because per, you, exactly. you talked about this a little bit. It was like, yeah, for me, it's just about putting myself in the right. So it's not passive. You're not sitting on your couch, just like oming, waiting for someone to reach out. You're putting yourself in these rooms and then other people are attracted to that energy. And then all these opportunities I would imagine, uh, yes. ensue from that. 
And even just like, and I love that example because it's, it's so true. Like even when we think about how that scenario unfolded, like I decided I was coming to LA because I had had a number of invitations and podcasts there. So I shared on Facebook that I was coming. Jocelyn, a mutual friend reached out. She's like, I'd like to host you. I was like, great. So then I like, go give this talk. You see me there and you're like, I want you on the podcast. And so like my work is just being like, I'm here, I'm available. Like if you resonate, you know? And so it really is just kind of putting that in practice. And I feel like it's been so cool for me to lean into that because I built another human design company in 2015 with a business partner. And like, we were very much like targeting specific people and clients. And it's just like, I felt far more resistance. Mm. And so it's been so much more in flow for me to be like, I'm going to share about what I'm doing in a very broad way through talks, Instagram newsletters, and just let the right people find me. And so it's been cool to lean into that as a projector. I love that. Yeah. Um, so manifestors are nine, eight to nine percent of the population. And so these are actually the only people that are really here to just like initiate and get things started and make things happen. Um, they tend to be very naturally innovative. They can kind of see where things are going and feel like everyone else is like a little bit behind the times. They also like really have this energy to like initiate and start things, but not always to sustain things and maintain things. So it's really good for them to be in a position where they can be innovative, but then have the right support and actually continuing to bring those things to life. Freedom and autonomy and control are everything for manifestors. And so it's very challenging for them to be in any environment where they're kind of being told what to do or micromanage or guided in any way. Um, and so within the context of companies, they're going to operate best if it's like, this is your domain, do what you please, let us know how it goes, or if they're working autonomously and doing their own thing. And um, and so their strategy is all about initiating. So always making the first move, but also about informing. So once they made a decision to do something, reflecting on all the people that decision is going to impact and making sure they let them know. Um, it's not a way of asking for permission or even explaining themselves. It's just like, I've chosen to do this. I'm keeping you in the loop. And that way they can just feel a little bit more supported by the people around them. Yeah. I, and I think for people who are manifestors, I mean, likely they know that because they, they're the sort of fire starters. Um, and people I think have a sense of that, but I think what's so helpful about this is like, you know, oftentimes you see results um, in your life and, uh, you know, for example, I could I could envisage a, a, a manifestor being like, oh, dang, why didn't this work out like three years in or four years in or five years in and mm-hmm. and being sort of, for lack of a better term, like an, a serial entrepreneur and sometimes that being right. amazing and sometimes that being like frustrating of like, why can't I keep this going, you know, long term? And then when you think actually, well, you're actually the fire starter, it's like, oh, wow, okay, there's a liberation in knowing that that's Such actually kind of your archetype, that's your architecture, that's how you're sort of built. Exactly. And I just think we so often make ourselves wrong for who we are. Yeah. And so I, as a manifester, just being like, oh, my role is to initiate because I, I worked with so many manifestors and even manifesting generators because they have some of that quality where they're just like, I've started the thing and I'm totally bored. Am I supposed to keep doing it? I'm like, no, you need the right support. You need to be in a position where you can keep initiating, making things happen. So, and it can happen. Like I had a session yesterday with the COO and the founder and like the COO is a manifester and she's just initiating all the projects, you know, and then she has the right team to like make them all happen. So it can happen in any position as long as you kind of have that freedom to initiate yes i want to, we'll touch oh. back on that on the team building stuff okay great and so the last type is a reflector so reflectors are about one percent of the population so very much the most rare um these are amazing beings. I mean, they basically are very sensitive to their physical environment. So they're always taking in their space, like their office, their home, their city, all the things. And so, and they're kind of reflecting back to us just the state of things. So honestly, like the best way you can see how a team is doing or how a community is doing, doing is just like how that reflector is showing up, you know? And so 
one of the most important things for them is to choose to be in physical places that feel good to them because they're going to take in everything in their environment. So they've got to make sure it's actually the right space. Um, they also are very unique in that their identity is very fluid and adaptable, which means like over the course of a month, they're going to have periods where they feel like a manifestor, where they feel like a manifesting generator, like a, like a generator, like a projector. And so it's really about kind of honoring the fluidity of their identity and not trying to put themselves into one box. Um, and, and they also, the last piece I'll share is like within the context of companies, like they tend to just have this very like objective perspective and just like see things that other people miss. Mm. And so they're so useful at companies just like whispering into the CEO's ear, like telling them all the things that they see. Whenever I've had a reflector on my team, I'm just asking them questions all the time. I'm like, what do you think about this? And what do you see about this? Just because like their perspective is so invaluable and so different. I got to find some projectors. I'm sure I yeah. have them in my life, but I just don't know who they are. Well, reflectors are actually the hardest ones to guess who they are. Because I think that like there's kind of an energy signature for like most people, but like reflectors, like because they're changing all the time, it's like I'll be them, I'll be like, Oh, you might be a manifesting generator. And then I'm like, Oh, but you're a projector, and then I'm like, wait, what? So I think that like it's so cool once you know who they are. It reminds me it reminds me when you talk about this reflector archetype of like an oracle. Like I, yes. I just think about like um like these old you know, these like an old English, you know, uh king or something like that, that that goes off or star wars you know something where like yeah. someone would go off to like consult with um that 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 oracle and it feels like it's almost that oracle style wisdom mm-hmm. exactly and it's just like and they tend to be like very mystical beings like they're the last piece i'll share about them is that like their way of making decisions which is so unique is basically they're designed to give themselves like a full 30 days before they make a big decision which is always so wild to me but they actually kind of like are very connected to the lunar cycle and they kind of need to like cycle through all the options before they commit. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So you've, you've run through the different, um, archetypes and by the way, I'm going to, I'll, I'll mention this again towards the end, but people, if you want to find out what your archetype is while you're listening, you can just go on AaronClaireJones.com and, uh, very quickly you enter in sort of your birthday, your time, uh, where you were born and it was super helpful for me because, you know, just like realizing that I was a generator, I was like, wow, OK, this makes sense because I generally love to go off and create things. Um, mm-hmm. And and now this is a piece I've really been um, sort of itching to sort of uh, get your insights into is, you know, I've, I've had as many of us have, I've had different enterprises that have been, you know, some that have been, you know, hugely successful, some where it's felt like much more strain and effort. And a lot of times that's about what I would call the sort of social alchemy of the, the interrelating and the team and who's on that team. And I think especially early when you're trying to get an idea off the ground, um, you know, for me as a generator, I'm like, it helps to have other generators, but I love to think about like, okay, who's the manifester? How does that, who, what yes. role does each person play within the context of that scene? Who's the reflector? Who's the projector? So as you think about relating, and I, I'd like to talk about this both in the context of personal relationships, because I, I imagine there's fascinating aspects to like your partner and how, mm-hmm. um, how, if there's any, um, particular ways that one, for, I'll just make it personal. Like for me as a generator, is there an ideal? Uh, is there mm-hmm. an ideal type? Uh, and I'll, I'll put, put that out there. And then secondly, professionally, like how does one think? And we, I guess we can we can use my. And I'm happy to get broad too. But we can use if we if, if we if we need to get specific. Like how would a generator think about like the optimal way to build a team? 
Yeah, totally. So, um, romantically is so funny because like I've had people approach me about like creating dating apps and like human design is not a thing where it's like, you want to be like, I'm looking for a projector, like with an emotional authority. And like, I'm going to like whoever comes, you know what I mean? I think that like, I firmly believe that you can really like make it work with anyone. Yep. It's really about like, once you have chemistry with someone, it's kind of looking at your designs and be like, okay, now that you know how similar or different you are, like, how can you support them? And there are going to be some relationships and this is going to be dependent on like how many centers are defined that like require more work than others. There are some that are like held together more others that aren't. So I think in general, like as a generator and as an emotional generator, which is another layer around, you know, decision-making is that like, dating another generator or manifesting generator who's emotional, like there's going to be a lot of resonance, you know, and it might be like easier. Um, easier is not the right word. It just like, there's going to probably be a level of understanding. Whereas like, say you're dating a projector or reflector, like totally possible. As long as you just like honor the fact that they are wildly different than you. And they don't expect <laughs> you to like, you know, keep up in any way. Like my partner, I'm a projector. My partner's a generator. Like I'm super slow in how I make decisions. My partner makes decisions in the moment. Like we've got a lot of differences. Yeah. And I just think that like human design has been so useful in giving us that language. Like a very simple example will be like, we'll be traveling to a new city. We land in the new city and he's like, has all the energy to like go out and explore the city. He's like so lit up by being there. And I have to like lay down for five hours. You know, I'm just like, but knowing that because I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, I should keep up. Like, and then I just like, I'm so grumpy and like, such a not pleasure to be around. And he's like, you have to go lay down. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think just having the language has been like, okay. And so I think that we just appreciate the differences. And for me, honoring the fact that he makes decisions at the moment, which is based on the fact that his decision-making is his gut and that like, I don't feel wrong for taking more time. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of differences. So I think it really is just about once you're connected with someone, like understanding how similar and different you are and kind of honoring that, honoring that as much as possible. That's a beautiful uh, distinction. Yeah. And then, um, I think in terms of part in teams, you know, to generalize, I think that like, it is so specific when you look at like a different configuration, I will say that like, you're going to need some generators or manifesting generators in a team. Whenever I look at two projector co-founders, I'm just like, y'all are going to have the most amazing ideas, but nothing's going to happen. You know what I mean? And like, I'm not in like a rude way. They always seem to understand it. And maybe it's even like a generator intern. Like they just kind of need that energy. Like I've always had a generator or manifesting generator business partner. And it's made all the difference for me. Like I know that I'm not, not meant to go at this alone. Um, and I think that like, even when we just look specifically at your design, you know, there are qualities of your design, which we've talked about where like, you're definitely not meant to be like in a team all day, every day. Like you need a flexibility to like move your energy around through lots of different groups. You are going to work probably a little bit better in small teams than large teams. Um, but I think when you're building a team, like you definitely are going to want to have more generators and manifesting generators, like, but projectors are like kind of the best business partner for generators, like generators and projectors are such a powerful business combo. So having some of that energy in the team, so it's a little bit hard to generalize because it's so specific, but like, you know, another example is like I was working for a team and it was all manifesting generators and like, it was amazing because they had so much energy and life force, but like the energy was going everywhere. Like it was just like, it wasn't because they were all like pursuing the things that they were excited about, but like there wasn't one common direction. And so in a case like that, having a projector to kind of rein it in and point them forward could have been helpful. Yeah, I think I, I'm I love what you're talking about. And because so so often like I've spent years, for example, thinking about um team and you know I, I have a desire to make an impact in the world and uh, you know at scale and 
I've seen that with, for example, Global Citizen, the power of what the right alchemy at a, at a, in a you know in a small team can do, and it's grown now. I mean, obviously, I, I left after sort of four years, but you know, I was hundreds of people. But what I realized is, when it did get to when it was beginning and we were starting, and there was you know there was three of us, it was like it was a whole different dynamic than when we were successful and we were you know three festivals in and we had a team of forty. And and I noticed in myself that. Um, being in an office, you know, because we're working 12, 14 hours a day, but being in an, being like sort of beholden to an office with like surrounded by then the inevitable dynamics that happen when you start having 40 people, right? Where you have to have Mm -hmm. meetings upon meetings because just the simple communication architecture needs to be uh, set up in a certain way. I just realized for me, not that that was bad. It was integral for the entity to grow the way it needed to grow. Mm -hmm. And I also realized that that started to feel um, constraining for me where I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm like meant to be like, you know, going to this office, uh, in Soho and like, you know, being surrounded by 40 people and, and, and getting into that management side. I also knew when we started and I was like, all right, you know, and and the charge was on me, like, think about the the large scale endeavor that we can do. I love that ideation. I was able to articulate the whole architecture of like, let's do this six point plan. Let's do this. And then the platform and then the festival, but I also knew and I remembered having this very conversation like I was walking on Santa Monica Pier talking to you and I was like, you know, I'm uh, vision and relationships and going off and charging. That is all in my great zone of pleasure, yeah. genius, so to speak. But the like, I'm not the guy who like file cabinet, color code, spreadsheet, Excel, like that is not me. <laughs> like I know myself well enough. And, and recognizing like we had this gentleman named Simon who was like, love that like when it came to like gates foundation reporting and writing reports this guy would sit for like three days and like wrote write the most beautiful and i was like i so appreciated i loved it i was like this is the most detailed articulated report and it was his zone of genius so not mine and in terms of like i appreciate it but like sit to put you know tell me to go in an office with 40 people and write a report for like four days i can do it but it's definitely not my like it's definitely not in my charm, so to speak. So, so yes. knowing that, I mean, that's a very tangible articulation, but when you and I spoke and you were like, you know, you might be optimal for like small teams, but mm-hmm. like you might feel like, um, you might feel confined, confined in a large team. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's the exact experience mm-hmm. I had, but I didn't even know that that was potentially, um, you know, related to my architecture. I kind of made it like, I made right. myself that wrong or bad for it. I was like, exactly. oh, you know why? Like I should, I should still feel the same and live in feeling I felt when we started, but I just didn't. It just didn't feel like that was the right. I've never really talked about this, but it just didn't feel like it was yeah. feeding my soul or I was even contributing in my greatest gift once it got to that level of size of team. And I've often felt like, man, that's, but as in thinking about that, it's actually been huge. Cause I don't know for those listening, it's like, I think about, for example, um, you know, for, I've never taken funding, but I've thought about like doing a venture, which is all about growth. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if I take someone else's money, like that's ser- real serious for me. And like to think about like scale and like, do I want to be building like a 40 person, 50, 60, 100 person team? Or do I want to take the more like my friend Marie Forleo, you know, like she's been able to create an amazing company for herself, but she's got a team that's like remote and it's like, you know, a handful of like, this is my word, not hers, but I, this sort of SEAL Team 6, right? Like, and I use this analogy of the SEAL Team 6, pardon the military analogy, but like that that vision of like one person being worth like 10, you know, and just like mm-hmm. having a really like, 
you know, small but very effective dynamic team. And I realized, I was like, I think I'd much rather build like that SEAL Team 6. And when you said, when we sat down and you were like, you know, you're actually much better with small teams, I, it just kind of like, it was like a deep mm. exhale because I was like, man, that's what my gut's been telling me, but I hadn't thought about it, you know, and it, it, as, as my architecture. Totally. And I just think, honestly, we, I love so many things of what you said. I think like, I think that we save so much time when we like, honestly, human design is a gift. It basically helps us like understand all the energetics that are underneath the surface. And like, I think can it help us save a lot of time? Mm. Like there's a lot of talk of like, what is, what if human design is like introduced to career counselors or people very early on where people enter into their career and they're like, these are the dynamics where you're going to work best. These are the ones that might be a little bit more challenging for you. Like rather than make ourselves wrong for those things, it might be like, okay, great. Like I'm going to work in small teams for a little bit, but I know that's not my thing forever. Like it just like, it gives us so much permission to really step into it. And so I think exactly like you said, I think so often we make ourselves wrong for the things that actually feel correct for us. Yes. You know? And I think like, and it's interesting, like when I built teams in the past, like I can see when somebody is like, we're considering hiring somebody, like whether or not they're going to last, Yeah, you know? And it's like, not like anything's wrong with that person. It's just like their energetics combined with this team's energetics aren't going to mesh. And like, I have gone forward with hiring them and they always last about one or two months, you know? And so just like learning to like fully trust that has been so big. And like the last piece I'll just share in response to what you said, because I love it so much is the concept that like what you're lit up by is like not going to, is going to light up someone else, Yeah, you know? And like, I had this, we, I went to Morocco for a wedding in May and we came back and bought all these rugs and they were beautiful rugs and we needed to get them cleaned. And my partner found somebody to clean the rugs and this guy came over and he had rug life tattooed on his hands. And he basically was just like, I've been doing this for 20 years. Like it brings me the most joy to bring these rugs back. Like the most beautiful you've ever seen them. And just the fact that like this process was lighting that guy up so much. Just like, we were just like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. Like it just remembering <laughs> that like, it's it just like, what is, it's so good to do the things that are in your lane because what is not in your lane will be in someone else's. I, I love that. And also just like the, for what you just shared, when you do the, the dynamics of like, making that like I don't want to say the wrong person but like not trusting your gut and bringing someone else in that that's the thing that is in in many ways my I don't want to say biggest fear but like when you do expend that finite energy and you don't trust your gut it's not just the energy cost of like okay bringing in the like oh man now I've got to hire fire like interview and find another person but also just like the whole energy mitigation of like going through the separation like oh this might not be the right fit and the conversations and it's like all I think all of us can relate to like when we our guts known something and we go ahead anyway just the energetic cost and the time cost given the fact that like the most precious resource we all have is probably our health but like aside from that our time on the planet mm-hmm. um it's the finite resource so knowing how to expend it um in the in the most effective way i think is so powerful mm-hmm. one, one, one thing i'd like to ask just as a filter because and i think i think i mentioned this you know one of the interesting you and i both know each other from new york in new york mm-hmm. i love i love the get it done essence of new york it, i thrive as a generator i thrive in that i feel like there's no better place to build a business and yeah. I love that people are direct. I love the like, yes, no. Yeah. Like you can trust someone's yes. You can trust someone's no. And I, and I like that. Like, yeah, I might not always want to know a no, but like per what we just shared, energetically, it frees me up. LA, I love lifestyle wise now because I found uh, I found that even though I'm a generator, I need the nature. I need to like go away and like be by myself and go to the ocean so that I can go back and generate. Like that was another thing mm-hmm. that I kind of denied myself like that, how to recharge the battery. And for me, like 
to go back into solo time. I'm super social gregarious, but I need, I'm like an introvert. I'm like an ambervert. It's like I'm extroverted, mm-hmm. but I, if I don't have the introvert time, I, do, mm-hmm. I can't keep putting out the energy. So, um, anyway, when I, being in LA, the challenge I find culturally is everyone here uh, or not everyone, a lot of people here <laughs> culturally are a, what I would call a soft. Yes. And yes. so it's like, it's like, yes, but AKA, like, l- let me check my horoscope. How, how, totally. how much traffic is there going to be? Let me see if I get a better option. And business wise, that drives me crazy. And sometimes in, in relationship, but, um, one of the things I've found, um, and, and that's p- perhaps uh, part and parcel to where I live is people will ask, uh, you know, and I made this a little bit of a joke, but like, you know, in Beverly Hills, when I first moved here, you know, I was, I remember being at this very fancy hotel and this girl asking me, which I'd heard about in movies, but I never actually thought would happen. Like, what kind of car do you drive? And I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is, wow, this is actually happening. (laughs) And it's real. In Venice, what I find, which is definitely more the health and wellness center is like, uh, sometimes a woman like on a first date will be like, so what's your sign? And what's interesting about it is to me, it's almost like the hippie version of what kind of car you drive in the context of the way it's asked. Right. Which, and what I mean by that is, they have a certain codified notion in their mind that's like, oh, I'm only good with like, I don't know, I'm just making this up, Scorpios or Sagittarius. And if you're anything yeah. else, like it's, we're done. It's in other words, it's not unless you hit the magic button of whatever the, in, in their mind sign they have that's like their perfect match. Like the 11 other signs or whatever are like going to in their mind be like a letdown. And so I'm like, I'm often like, well, I'm happy to share, but like, what's your intention? Like, why are you asking this? And so the reason I bring that up is I think with some of these uh, tools and I would call human design a tool as well. Um, And I've done, for example, uh, for, you know, moving from New York, I'll also say like I had huge resistance to like having this kind of a conversation because it just, it felt woo woo. But like now, now it's like, I see the, the insights that it can provide as a frame, if you will. Exactly. And so for those listening, you know, for example, if you're like, okay, I'm a generator, I would, I, I can only work with X, right? Like how, what's the most effective way to think about human design as one would think about, and I'm just drawing the analogy of sort of astrology. Um, Mm -hmm. but like how, what's the most effective way to think about it? Say, say work with it such that it's generative and, and a guidepost, but not like, not like the blueprint architecture as in like, if you don't listen to this in this particular way, if someone thinks about it, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, totally. And I think that like, it's a great question because like, again, a lot of my work is with teams. And so I work with a lot of skeptics and they're kind of my favorites to work with in general, because I think human design is like grounded enough that it actually resonates with those people. But I think what I always remind them is that like, it's not a belief system. I'm definitely never trying to convince you of anything. Like exactly like you said, it's a tool, like take the things that resonate, leave the rest. Even though it's like an immense amount of information, the stuff that like really can bring you into your design is like is the simplest stuff. Mm. Um, so, and I, I'll mention it in a second. But the other piece I'd share is that like just because I tell someone you're a generator, you're a projector, doesn't mean you have to operate like one. I spent most of my life not operating like a projector, and honestly, it sucked. And so I just think that like <laughs> often in operating by our design, like things often just tend to feel better, and we feel far more successful. So. Yeah. My experience is not that it's felt like it's boxed people in in any way, but I think the things to really pay attention to are your type. You know, like how does it really feel like for you being a generator and just be like, 
like we use the context of you. So like, how does it feel like where in your life do you feel the most lit up? Where do you feel the most drained and depleted? How can you funnel more energy into things that are exciting? I would look at your strategy. So for you, it's about waiting to respond, allowing life to come to you. So just paying attention to be like, how does it feel when I chase after things and make decisions for my mind versus like, just pay attention to what's showing up and let my gut guide the way. And then the third piece we haven't talked about is your inner authority, how you're designed to make decisions. So for you, it's all about listening to your gut, but for the big decisions, sleeping on things and giving yourself time. So starting to integrate that in of like, okay, I'm feeling a need to be impulsive, but I know this is a big decision. So I'm going to take a beat and see if I'm still excited tomorrow. Often it's by integrating those essential pieces that there's a lot of shifts that happen. There's so much more information. So like, I'm not going to say don't go deeper, definitely go deeper. Like you can see areas where you can get taken off track, but if you kind of work with the type, the strategy and authority, I would just see how they're showing up in your life. And even like often how I start a lot of my workshops and sessions is like, okay, where in your life do you feel like you're the most out of alignment? Where are things not flowing? Let's use the context of your design to see, are you showing up in your design in those areas? Mm. You know, work isn't flowing. Like, are you really doing work that you love? (laughs) You know what I mean? Are you letting things come to you? So I think there are ways you can really simplify it. Does that answer your question? It does. Yeah. Because, you know, what, what, what was evoked for me as you were talking was, you know, it's interesting because I do think sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, is this, because I'll get cut off since our, since we've done our, you know, I did my reading with you. I was like, oh, okay. It's interesting because I've had some big decisions where I'm like, all right, I just want to like close it. And I'm like, actually, you know what? Let me, let me sleep on this and then go with it. And last night was interesting because, you know, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking, I was like, I had one of my bigger, uh, partners, um, came by and, uh, this company Lifecycle, which does these mushroom tonics and, um, and I love their product. I'm like in love with it because I, you know, with what's going on, my dad has some health challenges cognitively and, and lion's mane is one of the things I found. I was like, man, this is like, this is like an amazing, you know, mushroom for cognitive, you know, optimization. And it was, it was interesting because it was only when I finally got over myself and launched the podcast like my, for example, my partnership with Lifecycle came because my friend Alexis was like, I think you would love this. I'm going to introduce you to the founder. And literally yeah. I've had conversations with this guy. He lives in Byron Bay, Australia. We had chatted on Skype twice and it was just such a hell yes. Like just talking with this guy, okay. I was like, I love this guy. Literally yesterday he flies into LA, comes over to my house and I'm sitting there and like in my living room. And he brings me these like amazing tonics that like I would before have just like totally like uh, done anything for. And now they're like in my life. Not only that, but I get to share them with other people. And I was like, this is so in tune with the alignment of the kind of business partnerships I want to create. And I love that like instead of me forcing something, which in the past it would have been like in New York, like I'm going to stack 10, I'm going to stack 10 business meetings a day, coffee meetings, drinks, whatever. And like, in a way that worked, but there's something so beautiful. Not that I'm like just laying back waiting for things to happen, but like more than I'm in the listening. Right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. This person I trust is connecting me to this person. Mm -hmm. And from that, is it aligned? Yes. In, in my, okay. Generator nature. Yeah. My gut feels good about this. I feel really Mm -hmm. good. And then let me go after this. Like, let me be, let me like, okay, let me put my, let me like go after like making something happen. And then in that, how do I feel about it? You know, constantly reassessing how does this feel? And I'm just using this as a particular example because it's so up for me right now. Um, It was like this feels so aligned. And I can't believe that actually 
one of the realizations I had last night is like, I can't believe that this is one of the ways that business gets done. Like I am so now, I mean, as I told you before we got on, you know, I waited so long to launch the podcast because I had this belief of like after Global Citizen, I was like, I can't go from like Beyonce on stage to some guy in his living room, you know, like, <laughs> you know, my ego was like, no, you know. Yeah. And then finally, when I was like, you know what, this is where my heart sings. I love this. I'm going to do it. It was last night was a total, you know, I think we're all, we all look for those signs from the, from, from our lives where it just feels like we're on track. And Mm -hmm. last night was that it was like, wow, like this is, I'm working with people like this conversation, right? I was excited to get up and have this conversation. I'm working with people I'm excited by. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in my purpose. I feel like communication, distilling information, you know, speaking is my purpose. I'm, yeah. I'm living my purpose. I'm people are writing back to me saying what it means to them. And then I'm working mm. with brands where it's like enabling, empowering the growth of that, that I feel totally aligned with. So it's like, mm. I, I'm just sharing that not to make it about me, but more for those listening to say, it's so beautiful when you do take the trust and we get over ourselves from a place of listening totally. to do that, which we love that like scares, but excites us. And in, in listening to you, it, it's like the beautiful pieces. It's like, I feel like I'm following those, those breadcrumbs on the path. And like, exactly when you shared your human design and my human design with me, I was like, Oh wow. Like this is such a powerful way to navigate that path. Like mm-hmm. not as in like, it's telling you what the path is, but more, it's like a map. And and that's exactly it. I mean, it really is a map. It's like a manual. It's like a, just helping us understand like the, the process. But like so much of human design is not about like us architecting our future, being like, I would like to be here in five years. I want to go down this path. But it's more like moment by moment, making one aligned decision at a time and trusting that like everything will unfold once you do, which requires like an immense amount of trust. But I love what you're saying because like your design is definitely not you being like, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. It's more just like, I'm going to just like do what really lights me up right now. And I'm going to keep, keep doing that. And like, it is all going to show itself, but I'm not going to force it before it's ready. That, that's it. I mean, I think, but I, I made myself wrong for that in the past. Right. Cause I would like be like, I'm going to do my five-year exercise. Oh, I'm not doing enough. And then it was exactly. only when I got over myself and I was like, you know what, I'm going to just start. It doesn't matter if, you know, like, yeah, I'm probably not going to have 70,000 people show up when I launch, you know, like we did with Global Citizen, like yeah. when I launch my podcast. It's going to be a humbling experience. But you know what the beauty is? Like I was like, wow, I've been amazed at the audience that's built. And I'm like, yeah. it's, 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 it's like it's just – it's stacking. It's like one day at a time. I know if I just put out the next best podcast that I can put out or and, and find okay. the next best partner. And it's been amazing because – Instead of being like, I have to have this by year three or year five mm-hmm. and actually more being like, all right, this is my ideal vision, but it's more about like how in this day can I be 1% better than I was yesterday? Not better, but like more aligned, more attuned, taking more action from a place of listening. It's made yes. all the difference. Exactly. And you specifically have a quality of your design too, where you're not designed to be like so strategic and detailed around like your future direction where it's not like, I want to be here. It's more just like, I want to feel this way, you know, I'm like, and just like letting it unfold. So it feels like you're so aligned with that, which is so cool. It is. Yeah. A friend of one of my best friends, actually, when I was considering moving from New York was holding his like beautiful one-year-old baby. And he was like, how do you want to feel every day? And it was such a simple question, but I think such the question that intellectually we don't ask, ask ourselves enough because we have such codified sort of default 
mode network in the brain mm-hmm. and conditioning mm-hmm. based on schooling, parents, social life, etc., TV, whatever, all the messages yeah. we get every day of who we should quote unquote be. And I think to, to be able to step back and ask yourself, how does this feel? Uh, oh. And not to be slave to the sort of weather of our emotions as well, which is why things like meditation and our other effective tools to sort of get beneath the just like the feeling in terms of like the like the wind, but more like what's the like what's the like deepness within me, like the the true yeah. beyond the sort of ripples of the waves or the wind, like what's the and that's why Vedic meditation is so powerful, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. what's the deepness of me? yearning for or like wanting and and being in the listening and then having tools like this, like human design where it's like, okay, I know when I get off track, like, Oh man, I just like, I just Mm -hmm. tried to muscle my way with my mind and it didn't work out. So let me Mm -hmm. get back into like, all right, let me get back into the listening and, and, and it's been, it feels right. It's been helpful to really think about that. So I'm grateful for you, Aaron, uh, Claire oh, Jones, for, for sharing these insights. Yeah, no, it's so fun. It's just like when I first started sharing human design, it felt like no one was ready for it. It felt so too out there for people. And so to like be in a place where it feels like people are so ready and so excited, both on the individual and team level, is just like so inspiring for me. And it's really, it's just cool to see. Yeah. So for, uh, for people who would like to like get their human design, whether that be, uh, individuals listening or entities, wh- what's the mm-hmm. best way for people to find you? So, um, you can either reach out to me on Instagram, um, or by email. Both are great. So Instagram is Aaron Claire Jones and my website is AaronClaireJones.com and there's an inquiry form there. So, um, and I do individual sessions and team sessions. So if you let me know where you're at, I can let you know what, what offering would be best. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely. So I've done uh, Aaron's blueprints, which is sort of this beautiful like document that articulates what your design is. And I've also had the fortune of like doing like a one on one session. Uh, I highly recommend it. It was super helpful. Um, And definitely check it out. AaronClaireJones.com. Aaron, you're amazing. I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. to know you. And I'm so grateful that um, that you've provided both me with this tool, but also I think, you know, that you're, cause I actually remember when you launched with, I, I think it was your business partner yeah. and I was like, Oh, this is intriguing, but it's interesting because my gut was like, Oh, I'd like to explore that. But it was, I wasn't like, hell yes. And then when I saw not it was yet. just you and it was like, I was like, Oh, I'm, I don't know why there was not, it wasn't anything like negative about anything else. It was just like some, somehow it like felt like, you had stepped more fully like into yourself and were like just owning this and, and seeing you own it. And it was like, I was just totally magnetized to that. So I want to acknowledge you also for just like stepping into your truth. And like, I know before you you. were working with like a big entity and organization as well. And you're like going on your own. And like, I know so many people are like reaching out to you and like, it's so, um, you're living your dream and it's, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, for lack of a better term, the world is responding and yes. I just want to honor and acknowledge you for stepping into your truth. It's so powerful. Oh my God. Thank you so much. It's like, it's been such a process, you know, these things never unfold how we think they will, but it's really, it's so cool to step into and own it. And it's like very scary, but it's so fun. I mean, I feel very <laughs> lucky. So um, sharing this stuff makes me so happy. I think people are ready for it and I love talking about it. So there's nothing that gives me more energy. I love it. Well, thank you, Aaron. We appreciate you. Yeah, such a pleasure. Thank you. And there you have it. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of this episode with Aaron Claire Jones. I know that I did. Um, 
really helpful to know my design and to know that I'm a generator so that I can think about uh, both how I most effectively navigate through the world given my design, but also how I can really effectively relate to others. So if you found value, uh, Aaron was gracious enough to offer a discount peak if you want to do your own uh, blueprint. Uh, so you can just head hit up her website, Aaron Claire Jones, and put in peak. She also has a free assessment tool just for a basic um, blueprint. But um, regardless, I hope you found value. Uh, if you like the episode, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It means the world to me and helps us uh, grow this community. You can always reach out to me directly at Michael Trainer on Instagram and different social profiles. And thank you guys so much for listening. It really, really means the world to me. Uh, I hope you're getting a lot of value out of this community. We're going to go big in 2020, and I can't wait to share more. With that, go out there and live your inspired life. <laughs>